Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, except me. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. Matt's coming. No. When do we start? Hey, welcome back. It is summertime. Uh, hey, we're uh, two days late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a dollar short. Well, we've always been a dollar short. We've been multiple dollar <laughs> shorts. I can sign up for Patreon, so I have a dollar more. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, how yeah. does that? If you sign up for your own Patreon, you really don't have a dollar more. Well, no. Then you I have, have about the same. You have the same number of dollars. No, I think I would lose money. Probably if I did that, because you know they take a cut. So if I were to support the, my own Patreon, it would just be a losing prospect. That's a good point. Um, yeah, uh, we're here two days late uh, for personal and professional reasons that are both your fault. They, I, it's never, <laughs> it's never your fault, and I'm okay with that. I take accountability. I think it might have been my fault once, maybe. I'm not even sure if that's true. I don't know. It's we've been doing the show for like seven years, so. Well, I would like to deal with a, a, a baby elephant in the room. It has nothing to do with you. Oh, okay. Just an, about an announcement that I made, I think, last week or the week before, where I was like, "The Buffy back issue bin is back." Oh, one yeah. One more episode. Did you lie? Um, I didn't lie. <laughs> I was caught up in a lie. Oh, did I make you lie? No. Oh. Um, no, I was all excited about this. Uh, for very quick context, hey, if you're new to the show, um, my wife and I did a show called The Buffy Back Issue Bin. We went through all the Buffy comics that were canon chronologically. And there was uh, last week, there was a book coming out that was like, hey, this is returning to that universe. Oh. And, and? so we're like, ooh, we'll just do one more. That'll be fun. Like, we're going back to this world. It's been a couple of years. That's going to be awesome. Let me guess. It was more than just one? No. It just, it, it was a, we'll call it a marketing um, flub or the, lie. Oh, so it never matriculated? To. No, no, it came out. It's just, it's not what they or said. materialized. Matriculated is the wrong word to use. It never materialized. It doesn't fit in the canon in the slightest. It's like if you're, back in the day, like when Buffy was coming out, like the late 90s, there was a run of like Dark Horse books that ran through like uh, the early 2000s that were just like, hey, here are other stories, but they never fit. And like, if that's what you're going for, fine. If you want to just read like extra stuff, but yeah. you know, don't got to think about it too hard. That's what this was. It doesn't fit in the canon. It doesn't fit in the continuity. So we are not doing that bonus episode. And I'm a little bit peeved because I felt duped into buying it because that's how they were marketing. Like it's the return to the old canon. And it was an $8 price point. And since comic shops aren't local anymore, maybe that one guy should have tried harder. Yeah, seriously, what Luckily, a quitter. It's, it's literally cheaper for me to pay for shipping than to go to a shop. So this was already an $8 book, plus shipping. It was like 15 bucks for something I didn't actually want, so I'm kind of annoyed by it. Wow. Did it bring back PTSD of things that you would buy for the shop that nobody wanted? <laughs> that got so... I'm going to take your delayed pregnant pause as a yes. And by the way, you weren't a quitter. You, you, I think you got out at the right time. The, well, something I, I mean, I don't know if I've really talked about this in the past. Something I learned very early on um, running the store is I went to um, like the small business specialist. He's like, okay, so like if you're looking to make a profit by X month, you need to order XYZ to like turn that to profit. Except, and I was, it didn't, the business plan did not work. It wasn't realistic. And also like initially I was like, oh, I'm going to order a bunch of this stuff. If I like it, everyone else will like it. That shit ain't true. I learned that mm. real hard, real fast. Also, do you it think like, like, like I was going to say, it took the first like four months of ordering to start to get into a groove, but it took even longer to that to really learn. Well, do you think like with that, like obviously you don't know what you don't know, but do you think that that small business specialist was thinking like in the volatility of comics or no, in no, general? It, no, it was just like if, well, if you want to be fully profitable within like a year, make like pulling a full salary, then 
this is the trajectory you have to go. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to order with that trajectory in mind. And then it was um, a nightmare disaster. Ah, I can see that. (laughs) But it wasn't, it was not initially fatal. You survived. Yeah. I do remember I had uh, to pull in some very extreme sales early on because it was like I um based on the business plan that was written up uh, I grossly overordered. Yeah. But that was a long time ago now. Well, uh, so you... anywho, but that's why there's not a Buffy um podcast coming because it's not what I uh, was kind of what the marketing told me it was. When you open your new store someday, you'll know. The pitches I could do it so much better a second time around. Well, again, you didn't know what you didn't know. You learn on the fly fast. There was this one time, like, these college kids came in. They're like, can you tell us, like, what it's like running a small business? I'm like, it's the most selfish thing you can do in the world. Yeah. Like, ev- like all of your time, energy, money, like, you pull your friends and your family, like, everyone around you suffers because you were doing this. <laughs> yeah, you never really, you didn't go anywhere for, like, two years. Longer than that. Yeah, getting you to take a vacation was almost impossible. Yeah, like, I just remember, like, watching, like, their, like, faces kind of fall. And, like, running a small business, selfish. The most selfish thing you'll ever do in your life. Oh, well, there it is. How about that? My experience is that was kind of true. You just need to think, you need to have a medium-sized business. Oh, yeah. It was always funny when people were coming in like, hey, can I apply for a job here? Like, no. No. Let me talk to the manager. Hang on. How much are you making? Oh, no. Yeah. Negative. How do you how do you file for negative on your taxes? Like, if I, um, if I hire you for part-time, I will go out of business, so no. Mm. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's a long one to say. Uh, I said that Buffy podcast was coming. It's not. We're not doing it because it would just be me going, this is how this doesn't fit into the canon. And that's no fun. So we're not going to do that. No, we don't want to hear about things that don't work. If something comes back again where it's, you know, part of the old world and it fits, I'll do it. But this this one didn't. So it was it was a bummer for me. And also, like, I wish, like, it would be a fun little thing to come back for that podcast. But we're not. So. All right. Well, there you go. Disappointment abound. All right. Hey, aside from that, well, there's a whole ass podcast coming up. We got news of the week. I wrote these notes two days ago, so I got to uh. remember. Like, what did I write down? News of the week. Yes, we got weird comics facts. Ooh. We got sports reports. Yeah, talking Guardians of the Galaxy and your questions. Time oh. codes listed down below if you want to hop around. Let's get after it. Let's just get right into the news. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. This is one that I missed last week. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, you dummy. So it was like two weeks old. This is old news, but I thought it was uh, prevalent for the show. Okay. The next time Creed will be returning. Oh, yeah? Sooner than you think. Oh, really? Because there was talk about um, Michael B. Jordan, like, hey, we're doing this with Amazon. We're going to do, like, multimedia things. It's going to be, like, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well, we have our first multimedia thing. Okay, and that is? There is a Creed comic book coming out. Ah. It's going to be 10 years down the road mm. from when Creed 3 happened. Okay. It's going to be focused on uh, their daughter, Amara. Okay. Adonis will be retired. She'll be training, but you know he doesn't necessarily want her to go into the family business, so she needs to find a new trainer. Let it be. Let it be Drago. Let it be Drago. Let it be Drago. I'm. I. That'd be a twist. I'm assuming it's Rocky. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, if I had to take a stab in the dark. By the way, did you see? Um, Dolph Lundgren has been battling cancer for eight years. Really? He that just came out oh, yesterday. Wow. wow, unreal. Yeah. I, he, He's had a bunch of tumors taken. I guess he was like super thin because he like had no interest in eating. And mm. he got a prognosis. He only had like a couple of months to live. Well, he seems to be hanging in there. Well, he he got a second diagnosis, which has um, shrunk like all of his tumors to like ninety percent, and then they're going to take him out. But it, it's looking better now. But yeah, he's been dealing with cancer for eight years. Wow, yeah, I know scary stuff. It's extremely scary. Uh, but yeah, there's a Creed comic coming. What if the plot twist that actually is Clubber Lang is the one who trains her? I mean, you could throw me weirdos, but just just make it Rocky. Oh, you know who it's going to be? Rocky. No. 
Tommy Gunn. No, it's not going to be Tommy Gunn. No one wants Tommy Gunn back. There's no redemption arc for Tommy Gunn. Fine. You want to give me Clubber Lang? Fine. At least I could like gauge a level of interest there. If it's Tommy Gunn, no. It's not Tommy Gunn. It's Rocky. Whatever. But it would be fun if it was... Wet blanket. Because I don't want Tommy Gunn. Yeah. No one wants Tommy Gunn. Tommy Gunn wants Tommy Gunn. No, he doesn't. Rocky wanted Tommy Gunn in the streets. My ring's outside. I still love that line. That's good ring. It's a good line. <laughs> it's the only good thing in that movie. Yeah, it's the only thing in that movie that makes sense. Not getting into Rocky Five. We no, no. Beat that movie up a million times. But yeah, Creed comics are coming. Cool. Sure. I'll check them out. Yeah. I'm sure we'll do it on the show eventually, <laughs> as is inevitable. Hey, I, let's get into all the weird Disney Plus stuff. Okay. As every streaming service is eating its own tail and collapsing and being worse. Just every single one of them. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not... <laughs> Not not believing you. So here's a weird one. Um, three things, but they're all kind of connected to one thing. So Disney and Hulu are going... Details are not clear what this is going to mean yet. Disney and Hulu mm-hmm. will be combining into one app option if you want, but you can keep them separate. Is it going to be called Dulu or Disney? I don't really know what that means because the package that I pay for right now is Disney plus Hulu. And ESPN plus. Yeah. The Disney Plus bundle. Yeah, that's what I pay for right now. So I don't know what that's going to mean for pricing. I don't know what it's going to mean. Like, you can have it in one, or you can have it in two. I'm like, well, I'm already just paying for one thing under an umbrella. So I guess we kind of have to wait and see. Also, um, not to be confused with the Disney Plus bindle. Well, in the last quarter, uh, Disney Plus lost 2.4 million subscribers, the second time since the service launch that they lost in a quarter. Wow. 2.4 million is a decent chunk. So they also announced, uh, to save money, they're going to be pulling content, much like uh, Max, as it's now called, or will be called shortly. Uh-oh. And they will be putting out fewer originals. What content are they going to pull? Unclear. I mean... Steamboat Willie? I mean, probably just stuff they're licensing. Oh, good point. I mean, the same way that like HBO did, that like stuff that you wouldn't think would disappear, they're like, now oh, we're pulling it. Yeah. You're like, oh, like Warner Brothers owns Batman, so they're going to keep that forever. They're like, nope, some of those Batman shows are gone. Like, stuff that you wouldn't think that was going to disappear disappeared off of HBO. And, I mean, we'll kind of see what that does for Disney. But that was kind of their thing is that they, you know, they had their library and they had their licenses. And, like, we kind of walked away from the, the silliness of, like, the vault. It was all just there. It's true. And now they're going to be pulling shit, so... Yeah, remember that? Like, remember like old Disney movies by old Disney, like in the '90s, and like we're gonna put this movie back in the vault forever. Yeah, so I don't. We'll see what this means, but basically every bit of streaming news is bad these days. <laughs> Speaking of uh, bad news around, I guess this isn't all streaming. Two of them are though. Okay, a bunch of shows. Uh, Welcome to the Writer Strike Week Two. Mm. Uh, just for a refresher, because I didn't remember how long it lasted last time. The last Writer Strike that we had in 0708, that was a hundred days. You just said you didn't remember how long it lasted last time, and then you just well, said 100 days. Because I looked it up. Oh, but I didn't you, you just said you didn't remember, then you I said, didn't. Oh. I looked it up. It was 100 days. Oh, I thought you meant like just now, you're like, I don't remember, and then you just pulled some arbitrary <laughs> number out of your head. No. Which no. confused me. I'm like, well, that's those are conflicting messages. Yeah, the last one uh, lasted for 100 days. I don't know what we're at now. Week two, so I mean, a little after, so maybe like close to 20. But a couple of shit whoa, things. Whoa, was, whoa, whoa. Two weeks is not 20 days. Well, if we were doing the show on the night we were were supposed to do it, it would be closer to two weeks. Now it's been a little bit more, so now it's closer to 20. Okay, okay. I thought you said this in the second week, which would be like days 7 through 14. A couple of things have shut down, though. Um, A bunch of stuff has, but some of the bigger ones kind of, you know, for the genre audience, Daredevil, shut down. The Blade movie, 
which was already shut down once because the director got fired and they totally rewrote the script is now shut down again i have no Uh-oh. faith in this movie at all not good it's gonna come out to be a piece of crap it's had too many problems going into it and it was a movie that was set up by the eternals so let's talk about that and also uh, the long-awaited stranger things season five is shut down not happening kids didn't was it the lord of the rings show that i saw that they called back like showrunners but not writers Someone, um, there's been some stuff that's come out. I think Disney has done it. I can't remember who else. Uh, there has been some letters ago. Like, look, just because you're not writing stuff, if you're still under contract to be a director, you got to have your ass show up to work. Yeah, which is uh, kind of counterintuitive to striking. But yeah, so we'll see what that means. But yeah, at least for what we're talking about, those three productions have been shut down: Daredevil, Blade, and Stranger Things. Sorry, kids. Yeah, what are you gonna do? The Stranger Kids things that are supposed to look like they're in high school are going to look like they're, I don't know, 45 by the time the show is done. Then you mean the Stranger Things kids? What did I say? You said Stranger Kids things. Stranger Kids things. Okay. Don't mind me. I'm just having a seltzer. You are. It's not a non-alcoholic seltzer. Just that sweet zero-calorie seltzer. It's delicious. Thank you. I appreciate the Mm. gift of thirst quenching things. And then a big Stephen King week. Mm. Not only did the first clip come out for the Stephen King on film documentary, but we had two new movies announced this week. Oh. Because you can't stop this train. Nope. Number one is The Monkey from the collection of short stories Skeleton Crew. It's about an evil monkey with symbols oh. who uh, bad things happen when it's around. And can you get rid of it? Probably not. No, you can't. Unless just, you kill it with fire. They try it with drowning and a bunch of fish die. Oh. Just keeps coming back. How do you drown fish? Well, you drown the monkey toy. Oh. And, and then and then his uh, evil kills all the fish. Oh, that doesn't seem like it's good. Yeah. But so there's that one coming up, which is going to be coming from uh, Blumhouse and what's his name? Uh, James Wan, the guy who did all the Conjuring movies that are worth like over a billion dollars now. And then another movie announced from director Mike Flanagan, who has uh, directed a bunch of Stephen King stuff at this point, and he's supposed to be doing The Dark Tower. Don't take a break from The Dark Tower to do a different Stephen King movie, Mike Flanagan. No. No, we're taking a break to do The Life of Chuck, which is going to star Tom Hilston and Mark Hamill. This is a book that, um, or it's a short story that came out a few years ago in the collection, If It Bleeds. It, it's kind of surreal. Uh, for as much as it's called The Life of Chuck, it's really about um, the death of Chuck, kind of like what happens inside your mind when you're dying. Interesting. Terrifying. No, it's, it's not. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a scary book at all. Well, I mean, the thought of dying is scary. Yeah, it, it's definitely not a scary book. This is I've talked about this before. This is the one that I thought I was in. Oh, because the book opens up outside of a comic book store, outside Barnes & Noble. Ah. And I mean, I know his, in Maine we have one Barnes & Noble, and I know his family shops at that Barnes & Noble, and there's one comic book store outside of it. At the time of, when this came out, I was like, holy shit. Then it said Newberry Street. Oh, uh, well, maybe he made a different street name up. No, it's in Boston. It was Newberry Comics in uh, Boston. Not Barnes & Noble? <laughs> there's like 20 minutes. I'm like, holy shit, I'm in this book. And then you weren't. I wasn't, but it was a fun 20 minutes. You'll always have that. <laughs> that. That short period of time. And then Dune 2 had its first trailer. Yes. Dune. The spice is back. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet is going to ride a worm. He's going to ride a worm and he's going to make it with Zendaya. He is. And Tom Holland's off to the side shaking his head. He was the sandworm. <laughs> ah, leave her alone. The, the one, I, I mean, it looks a lot like the first one. I'm excited. It's, I like Denny Villeneuve stuff in general. The first Dune, I I liked well enough. I got to revisit it. Well, I mean, they also like instead I, of I, trying I, to put everything into one long I movie, do the like David they did Lynch one too. What I want to re-watch the David Lynch one. I haven't seen that in forever. Was it the the one in the nineteen eighties? Yeah, 
The one with the guy from My Showgirls? My name is a killing word. Oh. What's his face from Showgirls was in it? Patrick Stewart's in that. Yes, he is in that. Just wearing a bunch of leather. He is. <laughs> I got to rewatch that. But, I mean, it looks good. I'm not going to. Sting's in that, too. Yes, he is. Sting dies. He does. He freaks the hell out. Spoiler alert. Just kicking like a wild man. Mm. The only thing that kind of bums me out about this trailer is we didn't get to see Christopher Walken in it. That's a good point. I do love to Chris Walken. What's he going to do? Is he going to go like crazy 90s Christopher Walken? Or is he going to try? Like he's a villain in this. Is he going to be or gonna be like more subdued? Is he going to be like when I was in Vietnam, I had to shove this spice up my ass. That's where he kept the pocket watch. I'm Yes. I've seen Pulp Fiction. Thank okay, just you. Saying. <laughs> Paul. Paul Atreides. <laughs> That was that sounded more like Jimmy Stewart than it did. Uh... <laughs> ah, that's how you get. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how much he goes. I need more spice. Just like Night of the Roxbury. What is love? Nope. Okay. And that's the news of the week. That's all we got for you, kids. Pretty easy, simple, well, straightforward. Uh, I think the writer strike might uh, ramp news down a little bit. Ah, just I got a feeling. Okay. Hard to announce stuff when you can't work on it. It's a good point. It's a very good point. So we're going to move on from there to weird comics facts. Here are some weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. This week, since we are talking Guardians of the Galaxy, and especially Rocket Raccoon, I thought let's do some Rocket Raccoon backtracking. All right. We're going to learn a bit. So Rocket Raccoon, a version of Rocket Raccoon. Okay. First appeared in Marvel preview number seven. By writer Bill Mantlo and artist Keith Giffen, but Giffen, Giffen, that's what I meant to say, mm. but he is from Earth 7614. Why is he from a different Earth? I don't know. I've never read Marvel preview number seven. Okay. Well, get on that. But for his main 616 first appearance, he first appeared in The Incredible Hulk number 217, also written by Bill Mantlo, but this time with art by Sal Buscema. And here's what's crazy. Rocket Raccoon, I mean, he was kind of a joke character. The name is based off of the Beatles' White Album song. White Rocky Al- Raccoon. Yes. I don't mm-hmm. know why I'm stumbling so much with words tonight. That's okay. <laughs> I have a seltzer in front of me. I can't speak to what you did before I got here, so. I was working. Okay, well, you work from home. Anything goes. <laughs> You're right. It's just all day long, the alcohol's flowing when you work from home. I mean, it, it could. Nobody would know any of the wiser. I think people would. Do you have to go on Zooms? No. Do you have to have teleconferences? Yes. Do you have to speak to people directly usually on a daily basis, or is it all text-based emails? Mostly text. Okay, so there you go. As long as you can put together coherent sentences with your fingertips while typing, sure. Why not? Yeah, that'll go well. I mean, I'm not advocating that you should be drunk on the job. I'm just saying that I feel like you're set up for a position where, like, if you can handle yourself, you could probably drink during work. I wonder how many people did that during lockdown. Probably everybody, a lot. all of them. <laughs> I don't think everybody, I, including students who were remote learning. Oh, especially. <laughs> Why is your camera on? I'm vaping. Uh, but before he appeared in the Guardians of the Galaxy series in 2008, which is really what kicked off like the Guardians team that we see in the movies and kind of the tone of everything, uh, he had only appeared in ten issues between the 70s and 2008 before getting picked up for the Guardians run. Wow, that's crazy. Like, I knew he wasn't big, but 10 issues is such a small number. It's a, yeah. At what, every other week they come out? Every two weeks? I mean, this was like between like the early 70s to the mid 2000s. Oh, only 10 in that period of time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, before the Guardians of the Galaxy series with the Abnett Landing series in 2008. And now he's been like a, wasn't even a staple. Cause I mean, after that series ended, it's not like the Guardians were huge, ex- yeah. huge except for like the Annihilation stuff. But yeah, there you go. There's some early Rocket Raccoon facts for you. 
Okay. So from barely showing up in Marvel Comics to barely showing up in the playoffs, it's time for Jared Sports Reports. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. It's time for another Jared Sports Report. Oh, are you talking about the Boston Bruins? We did that one last week. They're oh, done. Okay. They've been done. There's probably other hockey still happening. Oh, there is still other hockey happening. Boston Red Sox continue to be above 500, winning games, uh, you know, winning series, playing well. But the big news that sent a little bit of reverberation around the league today in the NFL, this being Thursday, it's schedule release day. The Patriots. Oh, I forgot to look at that. Uh, it hasn't fully released yet, but there's been some leaks. I will tell you that the um, opening game for Aaron Rodgers in New York is going to be against the Buffalo Bills on uh, September 11th. So there you go. Conspiracy theorist Aaron Rodgers playing in New York against Buffalo on 9-11. But the biggest news of all is that Tom Brady will be honored in the Patriots home opener against the Philadelphia Eagles on September 10th. And the Patriots have been tweeting some interesting stuff out all day long. I'm sure tickets will be pretty expensive for that one. You're going to have the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles in the house taking on the Patriots week one. And, but they're not going to be as expensive as the Taylor Swift tickets that are still available this weekend. I was just looking at that. $2,000 a seat. Uh, good seats still available. Mm, I should sell my tickets. Oh, that's right. You're, are you going? Are you Swiftying on Friday or Swiftying on Saturday? Friday. As in tomorrow. Oh, no, next week. Is that next week? Yeah, next oh. Friday. Well, you have fun, sir. I can't wait to hear all about it. I bet I'll have a blast. Are you guys staying over or are you? Yeah, I'm not prepaid for my parking already. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's pretty much pretty much it, I think, for Sports Reports. Pretty kind of light right now. Oh, yeah, forgot about the big segment that I was going to ask you a question. Next time we record this podcast, are the- I don't know. Shut the hell up. I don't know. You know what? Every ser- This is crazy right now. At the time of recording- The Celtics all- have never lost a series to Joel Embiid, by the way. Sixers have never gotten out of the second round in Embiid's tenure. Yeah. What's crazy right now is all four series are all 3-2 right now. Mm-hmm. Like, every single one. 76ers Celtics, 3-2. Suns Nuggets, 3-2. Heat Knicks, 3-2. Warriors Lakers, 3-2. How mad were you on Sunday night? Or, no, sorry, Wednesday night. Last night. Tuesday. Tuesday night. Whatever night it was. My week is so confused. Well, graciously, there was a Ted Lasso that came out right after, so that was a lovely palate cleanser. Mm, Ted Lasso. Yes, that... <laughs> I do love Ted Lasso. It'll turn your frown upside down. It's, it certainly can't not. Did you? I, I saw an interesting um, theory about the show that the series is actually like the is Trent Krim's book. No, like chronicling everything. But no. there's too many like back behind the set. Like no, because he only started covering this season. But he also was a writer for the Independent for the first two seasons. Just saying. Yeah, it was he in everyone's apartment dealing with their personal conversations. Was he watching? coach beard go on a bunch of drugs and random dates you have no idea how british press work it could be very invasive i feel like they're not awful no i mean yeah you're probably right all right well anyway about that so are the celtics still playing next week boy i'd like it It, the possibility is there well it's a must win in game six tonight (laughs) yes if there are two more games they're both must wins yeah but you have to have a you have to must win game six in order to have a chance to must win game seven I mean, I'd be lying to say I wasn't nervous. I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm nervous. That's reasonable and respectable answer. I appreciate your candor, sir. I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> it's, what, it's like I got thoughts, but it's like, what's the point? Like game five, uh, game five was awful. That was a legit bad game, and yeah, I mean everything's on the line tonight. So we'll see. There you go. 
I'm either getting a slew of texts of people sending me condolences or like a slew of texts of people going, woo! I can't wait to see the most obscene things that you text me tonight, especially if they're winning. Oh, hopefully none. Hopefully I'm uh, calm, cool, and collected. I saw you walk in with a case of alcohol today, so I'm pretty sure. A case. You saw me walk in with a four-pack. You know how many drinks are in here? Four. How many... How long do they do? Do all four make it out of halftime tonight, or? Well, one of them will be for my wife, so I'm only drinking three. Will all three that you're drinking make it through the first quarter? First quarter, yes. Unless they keep playing as shitty as they have been in the first quarter. I said first quarter. I didn't say first half. <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe Jason Tatum will finally score in the first quarter of this game. <sighs> low, low, sir. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, I think a little. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, the- can we talk about how I said on Sunday when I stopped in and out and I was like, oh yeah, it's not going well for Jason Tatum. He hasn't scored yet in the first half. You're like, shut up. I haven't seen it yet. I'm like, well, he does score in the first half, just not until a minute to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's exciting. Everyone's at three, two. Everything's hell. It's the playoffs. You can't blame. You can't say it's not the playoffs. How cool it's would it be? Wild. Is Scott Foster doing the game tonight? I have no idea who's calling the game tonight. I wonder. I don't want it to be Scott Foster. <laughs> no, you do. If you want, because he'll get the series to game seven. Now I got to find out. No do you t- want no Tony Brothers, no Scott Foster, no Evan Scott? We'll throw him in the mix too. Ah, Scott Foster, Tony Brothers, and Eric Lewis have been assigned to Game Six of Friday's Lakers Warriors. Good. <laughs> so that's two of the three names that you just said. <laughs> and the other one is—he's a very minor one. All right. That oh, wait. For ne- oh wait, did I just see who the officials were for tonight? Hold on. Come back. Ooh, here you go. Referee assignment: Dave Guthrie, Ed Malloy, and Curtis Blair. All right. Don't know who they are, but I know I recognize two of the names. There you go. All right, we're gonna move on from there. My God, I'm still not used to not talking about multiple television episodes. We have no television to talk about this week, (laughs) so we're gonna move on from there to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. It's time for an editor's note podcast review. Why does it feel like this is like going quickly tonight? I think the writer strike taking some news away. Why? Uh, I'm glad that the writer strike doesn't affect our show. It is. There's less news, <laughs> but it's not like affecting our show. Like we can't shut down. Like, would you consider yourself like if you were part of the Writers Guild of America, would you shut the show down? No, because you technically write the show. Like you write the the outline. Well, the strikes are mostly happening in New York and L.A., so no, I don't <laughs> think oh. I would need to do that. All right, just checking. What am I going to do? Walk around like Portland? I have a sign. I mean, you could you just walk around your own house. Don't let your wife in. Nope, sorry, you're crossing the picket line. Uh, as we do with um, all major movies, we're going to do non-spoilers and then spoilers. Oh, I f- though I feel like with Marvel movies, if you're interested in them, you probably see them pretty early. So I think non-spoilers are going to be fairly brief. Yes. I guess I can just talk about my initial quick impression is I'm still sitting with it. Not in a bad way. I, I like it a lot but kind of my feelings about the guardians movies is the first one came out and like that gave me like a sense of like awe and wonder that i really loved and the second one was really focusing more on like character stuff and individual beats and like having like a real emotional center and not that this one doesn't have an emotional center it's just that i really loved the first two movies so much so my expectations for this were like how could you top it and it didn't but that doesn't mean it's still not great it's just not I kind of it, lean... it just doesn't quite hit the high highs of the other ones, but this is still like a notch below. Especially like when I see so many people like this is the best movie since Endgame, blah blah blah. Like that might be true, and like Spider Man, st- like people throw that one there too. Like that's probably very true, but it just it didn't quite hit me emotionally as much as the other ones. I guess I think it hit emotionally differently. I think 
the way I described it was it was not the Guardians movie that, like you said, I was, you kind of expect there to be a little more humor to it, a little more, like, a little more lightheartedness. This one definitely had a lot more, there was a more darker tones to this. There were, like, again, it was more, I thought it was similar to the second one, and, like, that one, like, centered around Peter and Ego, and, like, Peter, like, learning about his father and his past. This one was, you know, this was a Rocket Raccoon movie where Rocket was only in the first and third act. I mean, th- I mean, this movie as a whole is about moving on. Yes. And I was thinking about all of the character arcs and how everyone ends, and I go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But there was, I don't know what I was, there's just a small hair that I'm missing, and I don't know what that hair is. Or maybe I'm going to, you know, the more I sit with it, the more I'm going to enjoy it. Like, that's very possible too, but, you know, it's, it's still very much a movie that I'm digesting. I'm, I'm still processing it, I think is, like you said, the right word. I, it's definitely one of the, it's a strong offering. It's one of the better Marvel movies we've had in a while. I will, I will agree to those couple of things. I just think that they're, again, it's more, it will, I don't know if it's the best of the three Guardians movies, though. No, I don't. I've seen some people going around saying that. I don't think it is. There's a lot to like in here, though. I like the high evolutionary. There's no attempt to even like make him like you know the, this idea of like focusing on villains that are like oh like got to make them relatable. No, this guy is just like there's no redeeming quality. He's to him basically at all. just kicking puppies the whole time and screaming about it. You go, yeah, yeah, that's just a bad dude. Yeah, like you can understand like are like little slight can understand generally the motivations behind some of the marvel villains we've had like you like like thanos believes in what he's doing like he thinks he's making things better i don't necessarily think that the high evolutionary thinks he's making things better because he's willing to waste so much he's just like i don't know he he was probably of the marvel villains we had like the most pure evil like there's no, yeah, he, ambi- no. there's no ambiguity about him no he just likes to scream he does a lot of screaming and um not to say that thanos is any kicking puppies i mean thanos killed half of all living things so i mean he's not really great either at one point he just makes a ninja turtle it's true he does <laughs> that's weird but i think the we never really fully get his motivations no just being evil and that's fine yeah. because that's um this is something that I kind of like about these movies and I this is not an original thought I'm just stealing this from stuff that I saw James Gunn saying that I kind of agree with it's like when you um see like these these kind of movies over and over again where they're just saving the universe you just kind of get numb to it it's like so the point of these is like it's not about focusing on the villain it's about focusing on the characters and also with the movies of making it so they learn different lessons in every movies it's like it, I'm agreeing with him here because it's that's a very good thought and I think very true. Where like a lot of movies and like in sequels, like you'll see a character learn a lesson in the first movie, yeah, and then they learn the exact same lesson in the second movie and the exact same lesson in the third movie. So like, it, so it was very important for them to like be changing and learning and being different. And I think that's a, a big strength to this franchise as a whole. Agreed. I, I think my one thing, and maybe it's because I've come to expect it. I feel like it's the second Marvel movie in a row where it hasn't really. Maybe this is how I feel. It hasn't really advanced the bigger saga, saga, the bigger saga behind it. The last one was Ant-Man. That was like nothing but advancing it. Yeah, I know. So aside from that, but again, it's another kind of, I feel like we've been getting, you know, every second or third Marvel movie after they advance things. Did things outside of the Guardians kind of breaking up and reforming, what changed? I'm fine with that. I'm kind of sick of everything connecting. Yeah. But it's just, I mean. To let, just let a thing stand and breathe. Yeah. But I I think, again, 
you look at some things that come out of this movie. Uh, no more Gamora, probably. I mean, Zoe yeah, Saldana she, said she's never going to do it again. Yeah, and I can't blame her. She's like, I got to like 3 a.m. to do hours worth of makeup. And Dave Batista is done, so no more Drax. Yeah, same thing. Like, it's a lot of makeup you got to do. Yeah. So, also, this is the first movie where it's like Drax isn't just constantly shirtless. <laughs> no, because it was easier. And... I'm sure. Just put a vest on me. I'm yeah. S- I'm still a big dude. Exactly. I did like how they do circle back. We get some redemption too for um for Dra- not redemption but drax's character arc gets a good closure to it too i think yeah i think i'm just gonna move on from this and just dive into spoilers i would say this one it's still with the exception of like a sequence that's meant meant to look very drab and very 70s mm. it, it's still like a car- colorful inventive interesting movie i still would say see it this one in theaters yeah i'd agree see it in theaters i think generally i the i don't think there's a marvel movie where i would say don't see it in theaters but you know maybe that comes down the line but well i mean a movie like that deserves to be seen in theaters if they keep i mean theater prices are going up and if marvel's pumping out four movies a year if you want to be like i'm just gonna wait till this one hit disney not this one specifically but if you're just like like ah you know i can start getting a little pickier i'll just wait till they come out on disney plus no i can't blame you. certainly worth seeing in theaters all right moving on from there spoilers look out there's spoilers ahead I am shocked no one died. Me too. I, Especially because they do like four to five fake outs. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you think Drax is dead? Yeah, you think Drax is going to die? But that was so early in the movie. It's like there's no way they can kill him early in the movie like that. I mean, you can. Yeah, but didn't think they were. Looks like Rocket's going to get it a couple of times. Peter. I thought for certain Peter got it. Especially when they make his face ex- like yeah puff out. I exactly. Like, I was like, yeah, I guess he's dead. Never mind. I guess um, Adam Warlock is there to save him. as Jesus. The internet seems divided on this. I I kind of fall on the negative side of Adam Warlock. He feels unnecessarily tacked on. It's like they t- there was a tease in the first movie, then yes. explicitly set up in the second movie that it was oh crap, kind of have to pay this off, and he feels like kind of a waste. Yeah, I wasn't like the Adam Warlock stuff was like eh, eh. very. He's a very serious character in uh, the comics, which is fine. I mean, serious characters have been changed before. Like, Tony Stark was a very serious character. Oh, let's say until about 2008 in the comics. Can't imagine what changed. And Adam Warlock is the same thing. Now he's just a big, goofy baby. I did like when he melted that man in half, though. That was kind of (laughs) cool. It's like, how else am I supposed to show him force? Yep, there you go. (laughs) But he just kind of loses his motivation at one point. It's like, oh, my mom's dead. But... so I'm going to give up on trying to get the high evolutionary rocket. But then he just still smashes into the Guardian ship like he's still on his mission. And then they just kind of drop it. Like, why did he attack them again if he was done with it? Exactly. Also. And then just, it's felt so contrived of like, oh, and he's the one to save Peter. And like, I don't mind like the whole second chances quote, but it was like he felt so tacked on. Yeah. He, especially since we already like we knew we had a bad guy and he's just such a like he like was such a secondary antagonist for the guardians in this movie and like he wasn't really anywhere in the second act causing a lot of problems he's just kind of like in the beginning and in the end maybe a little bit in the second act when they destroy counter earth which there's a lot of a lot of killing in this movie i did enjoy counter earth uh that is an old fantastic four reference we've talked about counter earth on this show once where it's um this in regular marvel comics it's just on the other side of the sun like exactly opposite us, so that's uh, why we don't see it. We we covered it once because it also has like their own Marvel universe. Like showed there's like oh the it's mostly Fantastic Four thing. Like there's a Reed Richards over there, but he has like the thing powers, 
And that's where we covered a book here once, a She-Hulk book, where it's like, oh, if there's ever a in, um, something inconsistent in Marvel Comics, it was just someone from Counter-Earth popped over, and it's their fault. That's easy. And that's why it's inconsistent. Easy plot device. Well, when we covered that issue, you were very confused. Not so easy plot device. <laughs> no, I, I thought the Counter-Earth stuff was kind of fun. It's I like the reveal at the end that Drax knew what they were saying. So again, he like hits the, wow, you're a real moron, Drax, slash, wow, you're really smart, Drax. There's stuff about... When they first show up on Counter-Earth, there's Drax stuff that I don't like, which is inconsistent, I guess. Uh, like, they throw a rock at Drax, and he's like, ow! Versus yeah. in the holiday special, he was bulletproof. Like, true. Couldn't, couldn't be phased by a bullet, but he's going to be phased by a gently thrown small rock. Then he smokes that animal child in the face with a ball. And, and that's the other thing, is like, the movie, there's a couple of weird inconsistencies in here. Like, one of them is like, wow, Drax, you're such a good daddy. You get kids so well. Except he just fucking beans that one kid. It's true. <laughs> As hard as he can. Just smoke lasered him in the face. And so much of this movie is about, like, we're against animal cruelty and don't be mean to animals. But then the post credit scene is they are facing down an army of animals and they're yeah. just going to fucking slaughter. Oh, yes. Isn't that weird? It's very weird. Like, the town, the townspeople don't stand a chance, but here we are. We're going to kill these animals after we spent this entire movie trying to save animals. Yeah. It's like, that's weird. It is. I think, I don't know, when I think about this movie, I look back to, like, Thor Love and Thunder. I feel like this was a better third entry in this franchise than Thor Love and Thunder was. And I like Thor Love and Thunder. But Thor Love and Thunder was the fourth. Oh, the fourth. My bad. My B. Third was Thor Ragnarok. Thor, yeah. Love that one. Yes. So, yeah. Do you think this is similar to what you said about Love and Thunder, that the worst thing that happened in that movie was Thor Ragnarok? Do you think that the worst thing that happened to this was I don't... the first two? No. I, th- I am curious how much um gamora's death in infinity war affected this oh it had to a ton because that i mean that creates just like a, a handbrake of like what the involvement is and there's some they get some good jokes there i love um the like what the communication joke when they're oh, trying yeah. to figure out like peter's like just red is blue blue is green <laughs> expressing all of his feelings and they're like yeah um you have an open channel we all can hear your uh sad sack stuff yes i like that i like the use of mantis again mantis is one of my favorite characters I love Nebula. I think she's really good in this. I mean, this is mostly a Rocket Raccoon movie. They actually made Bradley yeah. Cooper do press on this one. He didn't do press on the last two. They're like, oh, no, man. Like, you're the driving character in this one. You actually have to do press. Which is funny. He's like, the oh, driving character in it, but he's, like, really not. Of all the Guardians get, like, movies, this has, like, the least amount of Rocket. And also, like, younger Rocket is voiced by a different actor. Yes. He did teenage and, a, like, he did, like, adolescent and adult Rocket. And then somebody else was, I think Sean Gunn did. Yeah, he does all the yeah the motion. I don't, I wonder how much motion capture no, there was when Sean it was Gunn just, also did the voice of Baby Rocket. I don't know. I, I saw it online. Don't yeah. you do it? Okay, fine. I believe in myself. He was going for his phone. I was not. I was going to scratch myself <laughs> in the vicinity of my phone, but which is not near me. Um, Lila the Otter, uh, voiced by Linda Cardellini. That is a character from the comics. Uh, Teeth, Teeth, and Floor are not, to uh, the best of my knowledge. No, I thought that I love that whole. Se- those segments with them i was happy to see linda cardellini get shot i'm like good finally justice for topanga well, that's, that's... shouldn't have kissed Corey, should you linda cardellini on that ski trip well you're really holding a grudge against something that was you know when that otter got it i was like good no you weren't you that, don't mean that that was my first thought was justice for topanga well that's kind of a dick thing to say to an otter who's been surgically mutilated and shot in the back shouldn't have kissed Corey. i don't think Corey kissed the otter <laughs> i'm pretty sure he didn't be a weirder episode it would be much weirder you couldn't blame topanga for not wanting anything to do with it. one of my favorite Corey moments on the show is when he's like i'm you know how exciting i'm not 
I have a picture of celery on my wall. <laughs> a weird joke. But he, he had a giant poster of celery on his wall. I, that effect of the high evolutionary's face, I'm like, ooh, that's gross. Oh, yeah. I like when they call him Robocop, too, because that's what it is. It's the Robocop look. Yes. But then they take his his mask off and his face is all tore up by Rocket, which you knew was coming. Yeah. He really went to town on that. Yes. No Miley Cyrus is... Um, it's one line. Yeah, but still. Replaced by Tara Strong, who uh, voiced Miss Minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the um, the other Guardians characters on uh, Sly's team that uh, weren't back this time, I guess Michelle Yeoh did not return, probably because she, A, plays another character in the Marvel Universe, and B, is um, doesn't need to show for a cameo. And the other one who didn't show up, and I don't know why he did it, was Ving Rhames. Like, were you just doing Mission Impossible? Could have been. Do you do anything else? Probably not. Does he? I honestly don't know. I like how many things have I seen Ving Rhames in that isn't Mission Impossible? Pulp Fiction. It's been a while. Okay, fair point. Just bring it back to earlier in the show with Pulp Fiction. You're right. He's still working on Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction Two: Marcellus's Revenge. But I was like, huh, a couple, of, yeah, a couple of characters weren't in there. Revenge of the Gimp. Speaking of, I think I think I just learned this. That the Gimp was speaking of Boy Meets World. That the Gimp was a writer on Boy Meets World. Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, the uh, it's I not think. the. The gimp just gets sliced up with the sword. He doesn't get messed up like, uh, what's his face? What was the cop's name? I can't remember his name, I don't but remember. the one that Marcel, I'm going to get medieval on your ass. Uh, I liked Nathan Fillion being in this. I don't know what he is. That has to be a thing. Whatever that giant weird costume is. I don't know. He's in three of the, he's in what, two of the. He, he's been in every James Gunn movie that he has done, at least in some level. He was not in the um, holiday special. No, I guess not. He wasn't in the holiday special, and he's technically not in two. Because he was doing uh, Simon Williams' Wonder Man, but it was never an on-screen thing. It was just uh. movie posters, but then like all the stuff where you could even see them got cut. So yeah, yeah. But it was fun to see him like you know in a live-action thing, and he just got to be a goofball. And I like that he disparaged I, his little friend constantly. I think my favorite thing about all of this, though, is well, it's two things. I think one, if you are DC, the the world building that James Gunn has been able to do with this. And the ideas and the things that he makes happen are fantastic. But I think my favorite thing is from the press that came out of it is how in 90 minutes he came up with the all the Infinity Stone stuff. Did you see that? Yeah. Which, Which I mean, doesn't sound like he's just writing down someone else's lore. So it's not that crazy to me. No, but like how he like, like oh, this so this is the direction we can go with this. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, bust it out. So, like, that, for me, with his brain power and his creativity now going to be the, now being the driving force behind DC movies, I'm excited for the ways that they attack that universe. Yeah. I, but I also feel like Marvel has always been more open to that, the outer space stuff than my understanding of the DC stuff. Like, Yeah, they haven't really gone full cosmic yet. They've gone weird a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, not full cosmic. Like Marvel has like the whole cosmic aspect to it. DC just feels like more gritty, like more real. Like you could, I mean, DC is all about literally what uh, phase one of what James Gunn is doing. Gods and monsters—they're all bigger than, yeah, mostly bigger than life. Things with insane powers. But I mean, with him, like with DC stuff, like now you can maybe get Swamp Thing involved and some other interesting. Like the Rogues Gallery for DC, I think is can be a little more diverse. I think. I mean, you got Steppenwolf and um, Dark Side. Yeah, that guy. Steppenwolf's his uncle, which I always think is a funny thing that that movie missed. But I think you've got like they'll be interesting to see. Like they tried to scratch the surface with that before. 
we'll see what James Gunn is able to do with that. But the way he he world builds and tells stories, I'm excited for the DC movies. And I think the big thing that we haven't talked about, as it is a James Gunn movie in one of these, is the music. Oh, love the music choices, as always. I th- This was also, this one felt the least deep cut-like. Mm. Like, this is, I think, usually the way these soundtracks have gone is it's either me going, oh, I haven't heard this in forever, or, oh, I don't think I know that one. This one, I was like, I think I knew basically every song, and like none of them felt like... But they still fit. They still work, but it, it felt a little less like, I'm going to... I'm going to throw you some stuff that you've forgotten about or haven't seen yeah. before. Where this one, I was like, I, I basically knew every song. Well, they had that kind of with the trailer with Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow. And yeah, then... like that song. It's a great song. I hadn't heard Creep in forever. So when Creep started to play, I'm like, oh, it's a good song. It's a long song. The song is too long. It is, but... Too long and droning. You know what? I don't think Creep is a very good song. Uh, oh, but what was the other one? What was the one where they start fighting in the hallway? That wasn't No Sleep Till Brooklyn, was it? No, that's when they were going in. Oh, that's right. What was the one in the they were fighting in the hallway? I don't remember. There was another good one. I can't remember. Off the top of my head. I did like the No Sleep Till Brooklyn needle drop. That was a yes. good one. No, again, it's very solid offering. And I think as a whole, the Guardians franchise is one of the good, like one of the more solid three movie runs yeah, of but, a character set. But it also, like the Avengers movies get thrown in there to kind of like throw it. So it's not like perfectly clean, but still like. And I even, I like the summary of like, there's a magical mountain. And also I almost killed half the universe because I got mad. Yes. <laughs> so I, I love that. You left some important stuff out, but that's the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. Still just a solid movie. I, I feel like this one is going to grow on me. Like, and to be yeah. honest, I didn't dislike it, but I just, it, I didn't quite hit like the emotional high that I hit with the first two. And even um, the holiday special to a point. I was going to say. I'm going to draw way back to a conversation you and I had when you first introduced me to Guardians. We were, I think it was, we watched, I think it was Christmas at the old apartments. And you said, you need to see this movie because it reminded me of the first time I saw Star Wars. Yeah. And, that's, I said that earlier. Like it left me with that kind of feeling of awe. And I feel and like, wonderment. I feel like this was very much a return of the Jedi of it. Return of the Jedi, solid movie, not the best of the series, but a solid movie. And much like Linda Cardellini, some of those Ewoks got it too. <sighs> And scene. <laughs> but I also don't know if Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was really like Empire Strikes Back. No, but I love that movie. That movie is so solid. Oh, yeah. Extremely solid movie. And I, fu- mm, I could see it being outside of the fact that like there's a happyish ending to it as opposed to like everything went to hell at the end of Empire. It kind of does follow that same arc a little bit. Did you see the um, the last post-credit scene with um, Peter and his grandfather? Where he's holding the newspaper, uh, like, Kevin Bacon, yeah, yes. Kevin Bacon, like alien abduction, <laughs> yeah. But and Star Lord's gonna be back, and you're, I mean, you'll be able to get, you know, you'll get Groot and you'll get Rocket because they just have to come in and do the voice. Oh, something I did love about um, Groot at the very end in, in the post credit scene, like the design they go with is much more uh, the original Jack Kirby one, mm. which I like. He had the more square head. Yeah, there's just like more of those like specific like points on it. Yeah. And this was confirmed by James Gunn. It was not how I read it, but you know, I've uh when Groot says I love you guys, which by the way, it's like goddamn, he couldn't have sounded any more like Vin Diesel. Well, I mean <laughs> I mean yes. I know it is Vin Diesel, but it was just like, Ooh, there he is. <laughs> With his box of wine. Could be. Um, apparently that is uh now that the audience has lived with him for this long that we can understand him now. Ah, versus uh when it happened and i thought it was because i mean we did go to like the more jack kirby design when groot first showed up he wasn't speaking like just three words yeah he was you know 
fully articulate. So I thought it was more going with that. But no, uh, no Gunn has confirmed that that is now the audience can understand him. I like it. Yeah, I do too. That that's. Um, I, I will say that one of my favorite running gags was whenever he would say "I am Groot" and it would be something like terse and inappropriate. Just their reaction, like "Hey, whoa!" I also like the Cosmo storyline. It was very obvious what was going to happen. I oh, don't yeah. care. I still enjoyed the hell out of it. That was great. <laughs> you are a good dog. Like I know it's a cheap like laugh. I don't care. I enjoyed it all the way through. No. I'll take a angry Russian space dog any day of the week, especially one with teleconnected powers. Yeah. All right, is that Guardians 3? That's Guardians 3. James Gunn has left the Marvel world. Farewell, sir. Yep. All right, going to move on from there to letters, to the editors. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. If you want to ask us your own questions, you can. How do you do that? Well, uh, how, sir? Could easy enough. Yeah. Uh, write them into editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. I think we've d- done something similar to this before, but it sparked um, a thought, so okay. I was going to roll with it. I like it. Uh, with so many superhero movies coming out every year, do you think the genre is starting to get stale? How can it stay fresh? I think we've talked about this a lot, actually, on the show in the last year. Kind of that inundation, that you know, flooding of the market and flooding of content. I mean, we even just, like Disney Plus is saying, we're going to be cutting back a lot of our originals. And sure, there's like stuff... Um, we kind of got some of the like pandemic like push out like not specifically um superhero but like like the Pixar movie seeing red I'm sure yes. if like uh the pandemic didn't happen that probably would have been a theatrical release but we also get like lamer stuff like um that's more aimed at kids which I don't really know how well they do because also numbers aren't very transparent of like that whole like what was that movie about like this kid wants to dunk like are you gonna cut back on that kind of original where I don't know how much of an audience is there you're talking about you're gonna cut back on Star Wars because yeah. there's an oversaturation or a Marvel. The easy answer I think for how do you keep it fresh is you just keep mixing up genres and you all because I mean you could do every genre in the world and just put it through a superhero lens. That's the easiest way to keep it like let's not do an origin story for every movie. Let's just mix the genres and also but, get like people that have like a vision like there's been like talks and reports that have come out it's like oh marvel directors don't really direct the movies so then get people in like a james gunn who has an actual voice yeah well but again here's the problem too like when they talk about the number of movies it's going to be four weeks exactly from the opening of guardians to the opening of across the spider-verse it's like really on top of each other yeah and it's also interesting to me that they didn't wait for like a memorial day opening for guardians like you know another what two weeks i mean it's Number one of the box office right now, yeah. not surprisingly. Finally dethroned Mario. Yeah, I mean it's the it's been the year of Chris Pratt so far. Yeah. Chris um, Pratt and um Pedro Pascal. But here, I, here's where I got this is what sparked my thought. Yeah. It's not a for me, I mean, oversaturation is definitely a thing. Freshness is just you just gotta keep mixing it up. Maybe slow it down a little bit. But here's what I was thinking is how the fuck do you end this? Because we don't have an answer to that. No one's ever done something like what Marvel's doing. And if you go with, hey, let's go to the source material, Marvel and DC Comics, well, that shit's been going on for 80 years and it's never ended. And you probably can't do that with a movie. No. Do you do a flashpoint where you just like reset it or you just do a hard cutoff? And also, like, when do, when do things start becoming not profitable? Like, because you could say, like, well, audiences are like getting annoyed and it's getting stale but if everything coming out is making you like a billion bucks yeah then like uh, ant-man lost money i think but like that's a rarity so if you just if they're the lesson is entirely in dollars and maybe like people this giant quarter loss for disney plus is gonna readjust things 
I don't know. I don't know how you end this, though. I don't think you can. Again, because like you said, you've got the, the source material keeps going. And really, if you think about it, they have not touched Fantastic Four. Yeah, there's still... They haven't really come back and cycled around to redoing X-Men. Like... Yeah, there's still a couple of... X-Men, not X-Men, X-Men. Well, there was also a book called X-Men a couple oh, of times. Well, yes. Um, but I, I don't know how you stop. I don't also, like, as much as I'm saying, like, oh, just keep mixing up genres. I don't know how many times you can do that. Or even no. a case of, like, Thor Ragnarok, which everyone loved. And then you got to Thor Love and Thunder, where people are like, oh, it's, like, the same, but not as interesting. But again, I think the thing is maybe it's time to start diving into other properties. Like, like you are a big Fantastic Four guy. How much content is there with Fantastic Four? And there's a ton that you can do there. I, what annoys me about Fantastic Four is two of the bigger stories have already been done by those past Fox movies, and they did them poorly. So it's like, oh, thanks for eating those up. But it doesn't mean they couldn't come back and redo them. Yeah, but I also don't want, like, you don't want that public perception of, like, oh, is this it? Is this all we have to offer? True, but, I mean, I think that you would want to, I think Silver Surfer makes sense to do it now, like, come back with that, but there's plenty of, I feel like there's enough fantastic, think about, I mean, we do have a Fantastic Four movie coming. Yeah, everything, we'll see how fast it's coming now, but. But there is, I feel like there is more stuff, and DC still, like, We've had a number of Superman movies and uh, even larger number of Batman movies, but we can still get there. I think the other way, to, like you said, is these kind of like when you look at Joker and the Batman, those aren't existing generally within the canon of the main movie series. So having those kind of darker offshoot one shots and people have to wrap their head around the fact like this is not part of the main canon timeline. I think you can do it that way, but it's never going to end per se. Yeah, I I'd almost rather like to see Marvel just do like a full blown hard stop. Maybe you know, like I know it was, it'll sound like such a small period of time, but I mean, considering how much they pump out, wait like two years and then just do like a full reset where you then you can play with all those toys again. But it's not like you know people are aging out or whatever the hell. I don't know. It did. There was a sense I felt after Endgame that the first couple of movies felt. I don't want to say hollow, but it was kind of like, what are we doing here? I thought the story ended. Yeah, doesn't help that it was called Endgame. Yeah, but did you agree? Like those first couple of movies afterwards did feel not hollow, maybe not the right word, but it just didn't feel like it. It didn't have the same like it's because you had that expectation of oh, I know what's going on, I know the general arc and trajectory. So it was kind of new, but it also was really like soon after. It's yeah. like a rebound relationship. It, it, it's. Yes, there there is a definite sense of um, directionlessness because everything was intended to build to this one crescendo, and then we're all still just there after. Yeah, so, yeah. And there's ones I don't know. Just it, it's a near impossible center. I'm like, oh, you're putting out four movies a year plus TV shows. Well, just make them all the best thing ever, and it will stay fresh. Yeah, which is a silly, silly because that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Ramp it down a little. Maybe retire people. Like yeah, I know there's like beloved characters and actors and all that stuff but this you know as any long-running thing can tell you like eventually like it runs out like you can't a character can only learn so many lessons that's true it's damn true i don't know i mean with ant-man losing money that was a that's kind of a biggie we'll kind of see what that means for the future as a whole like if if it's not a guaranteed billion dollars yeah pay with your wallets kids that's what really affects things there you go all right that it 
That is it. All right. Well, if you enjoy the show, go to patreon.com slash editors note comics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it. Can't think of a day of the week we haven't recorded the show on. It's not our first <laughs> Thursday, but it's damn close. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Uh, plus, you get access to stuff behind the paywall, including I saw the outline. It exists for episode three of Pods of the Dark Tower. <laughs> That's true. All my notes are recorded. I saw I saw it. <laughs> well, the voice isn't recorded, but all the notes are down. The notes are down. So it, there's progress. The writer's strike has not affected Pods of the Dark Tower. Episode three coming your way sometime. We were going to do it last night, but by the time we like finished everything, it was nine o'clock. I'm like... We're going to start strong and we're just going to like, then we're going to peter off and like at the second half of it because we're going to get tired. So. Well, there's always Friday night. That's the plan. Uh, there you go. Because tonight the Celtics play in less than half an hour. <laughs> well, like 35 minutes. It's enough time for me to go home and, or me to go to the store and don't know if I want to buy hot dogs or hamburgers tonight. I can't help you. Uh, You're fucking useless. Uh, yeah. So that's there. You can also interact with the show. Inter- you can also interact with the show by emailing us editorsnotecomics at gmail.com also please rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and you can find zach on the social medias just look up editors note comics on twitter it's true i'm there you're there too at junior rich i need to start tweeting more i can't help you uh we'll be you, back you gave me a seltzer that's more than enough help for now we'll be back that. next week for something i have no idea what remember when you said the show planned out years in advance wasn't years but i would have a solid like three month like living document no there's a one point there's like 40 items on it it's almost a year yeah i plan out all the big releases and like then we'll lead into it with this yeah now i'm just like week to week (laughs) well we're three weeks away from spider-verse so i know those tickets are out all right bye next week